premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And folks, you know, my prayer for you today is the same as it is every day, and that is that wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on, that you find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, folks, welcome to our Thursday night Bible study here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, we got a good study tonight. We're going to be getting into uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 2 uh, as uh, we're continuing on with our study of the five T's. What are the five T's? Well, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. So uh, we've already done First and Second Thessalonians. We're a chapter already into First Timothy, and we're going to be starting chapter two in just a few minutes once we clear up some of this housekeeping that we have to do. Uh, so before we get into the Bible study for tonight, I'm going to ask of you two things. Would you uh, first of all please visit our website, Sword of the Spirit and once you get over there, please uh, go over to that contact section and send us off a message. I really do appreciate getting the messages from folks, and uh, it's a real blessing to me when I open up my email and I, and I see messages uh, related to the program. So uh, keep them coming. It's an encouragement to me. It's a blessing to me. And in some ways, some of the questions that uh, I've been getting lately have been a, a bit of a challenge. So uh, we'll be getting into at least one of those questions a little bit later. I know I mentioned it on Sunday. Uh, and like I said, it has to be from somebody that I know. And they're using an email that I don't I don't know myself, but uh, <laughs> it's a good question. And uh, it's funny. I'm laughing because, like I said, it has to be somebody that knows me and has heard me talk about this, and that's why they're asking the question. But uh, I I think I've teased you enough about it for now, so we'll get back to it later. So, folks, yeah, go over to that uh, contact section and send us off a message. And if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You can email me directly at info at sword of the spirit podcast.com. That's info at sword of the spirit podcast.com. And then also while you're on the website, if you look for that um, support this podcast button, uh, and if you've been praying about this, if this is something that the Lord's been leading you to do, and if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, shape, form, whatever, uh, would you please consider supporting us with a monthly contribution? You can set up that contribution for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. And uh, you could also, also on the website is another button that says Waygiver, and you could also make a contribution there. It would be a one-time contribution, and we would appreciate those as well. Um, the, uh, the nice thing about the Waygiver app is that um, you can do it anonymously if you like, or you can put all your contact information there and 
I think it gets listed up on the website uh, for Waygiver of everybody who's contributed. I know we had uh, last week we had uh, an anonymous contribution, so we appreciated that and we made that recognition on Sunday. So we're, we won't do it again. But um, so if you would, if the, the Lord has lead, led you to do so, and you've been praying about this, and of course, you know, I know the economy is tight for everybody. So if you have the ability to do so, uh, please consider that uh, contribution. What we're doing with it is right now we're kind of saving it and trying to build up enough to where I can buy some cases of Bibles that we could give away. Um, if uh, you weren't listening last week, uh, Sunday rather, we received an email from a man named Trevor who uh, let me know that after listening to uh, Are You Saved and God's Judgments, uh, he asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be his personal Savior. And I've asked Trevor to uh, email me with his mailing address so that I could send him a, uh, a Ruckman reference Bible. Uh, I'm still waiting uh, for that email from Trevor. As soon as I get it, I'm going to send him out a Bible that I have here already. So Trevor, if you're listening, uh, send me that email with your contact info so I can get this out to you. Uh, so if you're listening now or later on, just don't forget to send that to me. Uh, so again, folks, pray about it. If the Lord leads you to do it, and, you know, actually, you know, think about it. You make a contribution to something like this, and uh, which enables us to send out these Bibles to folks. Um, just think about what it's going to be like when you get to glory, and you're standing out there just looking at the, the majesty of heaven, and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, thank you. Well, for what? Well, for that Bible that you sent me. I sent you a Bible? Well, you know something, folks, if you contribute to a ministry like this, whether it's with me or somebody else, yeah, you've contributed to getting that person a Bible. So uh, nice jewel in your crown, so to speak. So, folks, if again, if you can and the Lord has led you to do it and you've prayed about it uh, and these have been a blessing to you, please consider that monthly contribution. And I would really, really be appreciative of that and very thankful for it. And as always, I am always thankful to everyone who uh, prays for us on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a uh, show-by-show basis. Uh, your prayers mean a lot to us, and uh, I covet those prayers. So thank you so much for those. Uh, they really do mean a lot to me. One of, the thing, one of the emails that I love to get is just that one little line, hey, I'm praying for you. That is such an encouragement to me. It's, it's, it's a real blessing, and I just want to thank you for that. Uh, and, of course, thank you to those who uh, already support us financially. Last week we picked up uh, four, actually, monthly contributions, which was a real blessing. So uh, thank you to those folks who did that. Uh, we already gave them their, their acknowledgement um, on Sunday, so we won't do that again, uh, at least not today. And, of course, to everybody who listens on a, on a regular basis, you know, our downloads and our numbers have really jumped up quite a bit. And um, we're approaching 1500 already, which is just uh, amazing. It, it blows me away when I when I think about it. And I am so thankful to God for this opportunity that he's allowed me to do this to come here to sit behind this microphone uh, to, to, to bring you these studies. And it's just a tremendous, tremendous blessing for me to do this. And uh, I thank you all also for uh, helping it to be uh, a success and as successful as we are in getting the gospel out. That's the priority. 
So folks, thank you to all of you who, who listen in and pray for us and financially contribute to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, we're also uh, now on uh, the uh, Contra Radio Network. Um, you can check them out on crn.best. Uh, you can also listen to them on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, and pretty much all the major platforms. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good programming. I've, I've been listening in uh, from time to time. And i, I got to tell you, if you're interested in, in prepping, uh, that's the place to go. So I would really recommend you go over to CRN and check them out. They're really good information on there. And uh, CRN is also, like I said, you know, they're, they're rebroadcasting our shows. So I'm very thankful to that as well. Uh, so just check them out, crn.best, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, all the major platforms. Uh, last plug for me at the moment will be, let's see. Okay. So uh, I kind of teased this out a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, next month, starting in November, uh, I am going to be doing another podcast. It's going to be called the Mighty Righty Podcast, which is basically going to be a uh, political podcast, uh, political commentary, news commentary. Um, so why am I doing that? Well, because... Um, how do I put it? I don't know if you've noticed lately, but I've been throwing a little politics into a lot of the Bible studies and messages I've been doing. And, um, while it's important to be up on current events, especially when it comes to Bible and Bible prophecy, um, I don't want it to become the focal point of the Bible studies. So basically to get, to get it out of my system, uh, I'm going to do this, uh, this, uh, news political commentary podcast, and uh, try to divert things that way when it comes to the politics. Uh, I mean, I'll still throw stuff in there as well as it's related to the message, but um, I'm going to try to stay away from the politics and the message as much as I possibly can. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? The church meets at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, would you visit the church's Facebook page? And when you get over there, uh, just uh, you'll see a lot of helpful information. You'll also see episodes of this podcast archive there as well. And we're very thankful to the folks over at First Baptist Church for allowing us to uh, post the podcasts on their Facebook page. So thank you very much to Pastor Monk and all those involved with the page. Thank you. Now, folks, um, like I said, you know, we're on pretty much every major podcasting platform uh, there is, you know, Facebook included here. Uh, so wherever it is that you're listening, it's really, really important that you like, you subscribe and you share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us to, uh, to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important to, to, to like, subscribe, and share it, because when you do that, it affects the algorithms of the searches. Now, all that basically means is that the more likes and subscribes and shares that we have, uh, when people do a search for a Bible study podcast or Bible study radio shows, uh, our show will come up in the uh, in the listing of all the other shows. Uh, so we want to get on that list because, folks, we need to get the gospel out. We need to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to get the Word of God sent out there. So it's so, so very important 
to do those things. So like, subscribe, share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Uh, Five-star ratings if you feel like we deserve it. Um, And just help me get that gospel message out. It's it's really, really important to do that. All right. uh, Let's move on to some announcements. I've got a couple of announcements here. Uh, Then after the announcements, we'll get into... Um, our prayer list. We'll take a short break, then get into our prayer list, and then get into the message for the night. All right, so I told you guys uh, before that we're going to be doing uh, some some uh, Saturday interview shows, and I'm really happy that uh, I was able to get uh, my friend Ruben Ortega-Landa um, booked for this coming Saturday at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, we were supposed to do this at the on think October 1st, but uh, there was some scheduling problems. We weren't able to get it off the ground, but uh, we're in line and in sync for this weekend, and I'm really excited about it. I really am. You know, uh, Ruben, is, he's, he's a brother in the Lord. Uh, I believe he's saved, and we've had some really good theological conversations, which is why I want him to get him on the show, because every time we have these conversations, they're just stellar. And like missed opportunity, we got to get you on the show, brother. So, uh, brother Ruben, if he's listening right now, uh, really excited to get you on there. Now, I'm going to give you a little tip off, okay? Uh, Ruben, uh, um, I don't know if should I say is or was or now kind of on the fence um, with uh, Calvinism and a lot of the things pertaining to Calvinism. So, we're going to talk about predestination, election. Uh, and things like that, part of the uh, that tulip system of Calvinism. And uh, so I hope he's studied up and I hope he's prepared because I'm ready for him. So we're going to get into that on Saturday at 3 p.m. right here on Spreaker. So uh, don't forget to tune in. Now, if you want updates, of course, on these shows and on the our guests and if there's any changes in programming or whatsoever on the bottom of our homepage sort of the spirit podcast.com there's a programming announcements subscription box just fill it out and get your email address on our mailing list and when we have updates to programming and shows and, and so forth we'll send them out to you i am not going to sell your information off to anybody else this is strictly staying with me and uh, you're not going to get overloaded with uh, emails of things that you might not be interested in. So we'll be uh, so, so if you can go onto the website and and fill that out and get on the mailing list. Now uh, another announcement. Um, so we're getting some uh, some sword swag, if you want to call it that. Um, we have an order of uh, ceramic coffee mugs on the way. We should have them any day now, and we also have. Well, at the moment, a very limited supply of uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts. So um, I'm going to put some photos of those things up on our website, and you could get those for a one-time contribution. And as soon as I know the pricing on those things, I will post that on the website as well, and I'll let you know how to go about doing that. Uh, We do have the Waygiver, so you could do it there. We have a PayPal button on the home on the website now so you can do it there as well uh we're looking to put a stripe uh button on the website and there's also going to be a cash app uh link so once i get all that stuff situated uh i'll let you guys know and it'll be up on the website and uh looking forward to it excited about it now uh one last announcement um now 
this is important. This is a very important announcement for me, at least. Um, tomorrow is, uh, since we're not on the air tomorrow, I'm going to have to do this today. But tomorrow is the anniversary of something incredibly important to me in my life. Tomorrow is my beautiful daughter's birthday. And I don't know if she's listening. Uh, when I talked to her earlier today, I told her she should be listening tonight because I'm going to call her out for her birthday. So uh, being that we're not doing the show tomorrow, we're here tonight, and um, tomorrow's her birthday, I just want to say to my, my beautiful daughter, Rebecca, happy birthday, sweetheart. I love you. I am so very proud of you and everything that you've accomplished. And I cannot wait to be able to spend some time with you again. God bless you and happy, happy birthday. This song is for you. Happy birthday, sweetheart. I love you. And uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow. All right, folks. Well, that'll be it for our announcements. And so before we get into our uh, prayer list, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we'll get into our prayer lists. It won't be the full, complete prayer list because we do that on Sundays. So it'll be a, a run through of of uh, any additions and some highlights and updates. All right, so we'll be right back after this song. Stay with us. God bless you. Sitting 
Search me, oh God. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to clear my throat. <laughs> oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Search me, oh God. Uh, that's the Steve Pettit evangelistic team. What a great song, too. Really great song. Okay, folks, uh, with that out of the way, let's get over to our uh, prayer requests. Okay, so uh, like I said, since this is a Thursday night study, we're not going to go into the uh, exhaustive list. And uh, I do want to say, though, that our list is getting longer and longer and longer. I was listening to um, some of uh, Sunday's show and I realized that it was 40 minutes into the show before we got into the actual uh, preaching message uh, for that day. And uh, most of it was because of the prayer requests, which was just a tremendous blessing. It really is, folks. So, so please, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, no matter how no matter how small you might think they are, they're not small to the Lord, and they're certainly not small to us. So, send them on over. Uh, info at swordofthespiritpodcast dot com. All right. So, uh, as always, we start off with our uh, prayers for salvation. Now, um, those we mentioned. Uh, because that's important. That's the most important prayer, your salvation. So we want to pray, of course, uh, we're still praying for my mom, uh, for her salvation. We're praying for my sister. Uh, we're also praying for uh, David in New York, uh, that he would be saved. And of course, we're praying for my beautiful, precious little granddaughter, Carmela, uh, that she would come to know the Lord as well, uh, just like her mom did. Uh, I think my daughter was a little bit older, though. I think my daughter was... 10 or so when she uh, when she asked the Lord to save her. So uh, so we're going to continue to pray for my mom, my sister, my, my granddaughter, Carmela, and uh, David back in New York. On our sick list, we're still going to pray for uh, Pastor Martin, um, for uh, his concerns. Uh, as you know, Pastor Martin, 88 years old, still out there street preaching on a corner in Ohio, so shame on us for us, shame on us for not doing more for the Lord. I mean, 88 years old, can barely see, reads 10 chapters a day, uh, takes him all day to do it, and uh, goes street preaching still. It's amazing. Uh, we're also still praying for my mom, who's recovering from, uh, uh, seems like an upper respiratory infection, but she seems to be doing better. Uh, we're still praying for Bernice. Uh, Bernice, again, is a sister in our church who's been battling cancer. She's finished her radiation treatments, and now she's uh, beginning chemo. So we're going to continue to pray for Bernice, and we're also going to pray for Alan uh, for uh, the prostate cancer that uh, he's dealing with. I told you on Sunday that uh, he got some good news that the cancer has not spread, so now they're working on a treatment plan. So we're going to pray for uh, those on our sick list as well. Uh, and then we're also going to continue to pray for George uh, for uh, some contract renewals with the city uh, that he's been waiting on. We're going to continue to pray for Robert, uh, who's a National Guardsman, who is uh, serving here at Eagle Pass at the border. And, of course, for all the Border Patrol agents, National Guardsmen, and law enforcement working down here on the border, uh, helping to keep us safe. And then, of course, all of the unspoken prayer requests. 
So let's, uh, let's take this and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all the love, the mercy, the grace that you've shown us. We want to thank you for the salvation that you've given us through your precious Son and the blood that he spilled for us on Calvary's cross. Father, we're thankful that because of that sacrifice that we have the ability to come before the throne of grace and lay the petitions of our heart before you. Father, today for salvation, we want to pray for my mother. We want to pray for my sister, my granddaughter, Carmela, and uh, David in New York City. Lord, uh, on our sick list, we want to continue to lift up Pastor Martin uh, for his eyesight, for his blood pressure problems, uh, for the eczema that he's dealing with, and also for the medications that he's been adjusting to. Uh, Again, we're going to pray for my mom, uh, for her health. Uh, We're going to lift up Bernice uh, to you as well today, Lord. We're going to ask you just to touch her. And, uh, Lord, as she's going through a new round of chemotherapy, we pray, Father, that you would just bring healing to her body. And we're so thankful for her good spirit as she's uh, been battling this. And, Lord, we're thankful that that you've brought her this far. And, Lord, we know that you are the great physician and you can bring healing. Father, we also want to pray for uh, for Alan. We're uh, thankful for the good news that we received, that the cancer has not spread. But, Lord, we also want to pray that uh, you would just uh, touch his body as well. Alan does know, does know you as his Savior. And so, Lord, we pray that you would uh, just continue to, uh, just to work in him. And, Lord, uh, that you would bring healing to his body and give him clarity of thought when it comes to determining the course of action they're going to take uh, to treat his prostate cancer. Father, we're going to pray also for, uh, for George for the uh, contract renewals that he's been waiting for. Uh, we're also going to lift up uh, Robert to you as well for uh, his work on the border. We want to thank you, Lord, for his service. We want to thank you that you would uh, keep him safe. And, Lord, we ask that you continue to do that. And, and uh, also for all of his colleagues uh, in the National Guard, the Border Patrol agents, the law enforcement that are working on the border to try to keep us safe and uh, to do the job that you have called them to. And Lord, also, I, I, I didn't mention it earlier, but I'm going to mention it now. Uh, I want to pray for Adam, who is uh, Bernice's wife. Adam is also a, um, Adam is Bernice's husband. I'm sorry. Uh, Adam is a Border Patrol agent himself. And uh, Lord, you know, between dealing with, uh, with the work and, and being there for his wife and his family, Lord, I know it, it, it can be tiring and exhausting, but we lift him up to you, Lord. We ask you to give him grace and uh, the ability to do all the things that you've laid out before him. Uh, with thanksgiving. And Father, also for all of the unspoken prayers of our heart, Lord, we just lay them out before you. And Lord, we ask that you not only answer the unspoken prayers, but all of our prayers according to your perfect will for our lives. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, on Sunday, excuse me, I need to get some coffee out of my Sword of the Spirit podcast uh, ceramic coffee mug which will be coming next week, just to let you know. Mm. So good. All right. Um, so Sunday, I, uh, I, I threw out a, uh, a tease to you guys, and I mentioned it again earlier. Um, someone had emailed me from uh, an email address I did not recognize, but I'm thinking in reading the question that was asked, that this has to be somebody that I know <laughs> because only somebody that I know would know to ask this kind of a question because I don't really talk about uh, this particular subject anywhere, you know, other than people that are very, very close to me. 
and uh, I thought it was interesting, and it made me laugh when I saw it. And I want to answer the question, but at the same time, I don't want to answer the question. But because I've already told you that I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do it. So the question was, and again, anonymous person from an email address I don't recognize, still think it's somebody that knows me well. Um, the question was, what is your position on flat earth or globe earth? Now, I have an idea of who might have asked that question. Uh, I don't know if he's listening, George, but um, there's not very many people that, um, that know that I discuss this topic frequently. And I was actually reading a great book by Edward Hendry. Uh, called The Greatest Lie on Earth, Proof That Our World Is Not a Moving Globe. Great book. I mean, very detailed, very well-sourced, uh, very technical in a lot of ways, too. So this is definitely going to be a book that uh, I'm going to have to read again one day. I finished it about two weeks ago. And how many pages is this? Let me see. Uh, not including the hundred plus pages of references and sources. And I'm still going. Wow. I forgot how long this was. Okay. Uh, 616 pages. And the footnotes and sources go from page 617 all the way to 738. So well-sourced book. Okay, I'm stalling. Can you figure that out yet? I'm stalling. All right. Uh, so flat earth or globe earth? It's a very good question. And what I think is that uh, I take the position that... So I hope that answered your question. And uh, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take another break. And when we come back... Uh, we're going to get into our study, so take this few minutes right now, run and go get yourself your King James Bible if you didn't have it already, grab yourself that cup of coffee or a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll get into the study. I'll see you in a few minutes. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, 
and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Hey folks, welcome back to the Soul of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, um, i got a question. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? If you haven't, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything that you need all in one place. Uh, Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Did you know that when you host on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, and, and so many more? It literally has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, and best of all, and this is the selling point, Anchor is totally free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started today. Folks, uh, had to do that. Sorry. Um, why don't you grab your Bible? We're going to get into our study of the five T's, First uh, uh, Timothy chapter number two. So uh, grab your Bibles. Let's grab some coffee here and get started. All right. Let's pray. Father, I pray for your help as we discern a passage of Scripture that some people consider to be highly controversial. But it's just what you say. So help us, I pray, to accept it and believe it and respond positively to it. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we really have a lot of ground to cover uh, today. So we're going to get to it. We're going to jump right on in. So let's take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So Paul breaks the kinds of prayers down into four categories. First of all, he says supplications. Uh, the root word for supplication is supply. So supply is the root word. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So supplication is asking God to supply your needs. That's what supplication is. All right, secondly, he says prayers. Now, prayers can include anything from adoration, um, confession, worship, praise, uh, praying for victory over sin. Uh, that can be a, it can be a lot of different things. And then he mentions intercessions. And uh, intercessions is basically asking for supplies for others. So the first half dozen prayers you find in the Bible are all intercessory prayers, you know, where it's someone praying for someone else. Uh, intercessory prayer, a good example of that is going over our prayer list. When we pray for those that, that need of salvation and that are sick and then have like just general concerns and issues that they're, they're dealing with, um, like George with his contracts and, and such. So um, those would be intercessory prayers, asking for someone else, praying for somebody else. Um, and that's actually kind of a twist that a lot of Americans kind of need to get a grip on. Because so many prayers that you hear or uh, uh, so many people pray are all about us, right? It's about us. It's about us and ours. 
God says to reach out a little bit and pray for others. Uh, then, then Paul says, giving thanks, giving thanks. Uh, great, great lessons can be learned from that just by reading through the Psalms. Do you know what the Psalms are? The Psalms are prayers. Psalms is a prayer book. Uh, it, I mean, it has a lot of other stuff in it also. Uh, like I mentioned when I was talking about, um, you know, flat earth or globe earth, um, I, I honestly, I highly recommend that every Christian read through the Psalms at least once a year. You'll benefit from it. You'll gain from it. I guarantee it. Okay. Verse two, verse two, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, truthfully, that's, that's something we really don't want to do especially when the one in authority is someone that we really don't like. Amen? I mean, if the Democrats are in charge, I mean, who wants to pray for them? Right? I don't want to pray for Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris and Pelosi and all them. But you know something? God says to do it anyway. And if you can't pray anything else for them, do you know what you can pray? You can pray that God convicts them of their sin and saves them. Amen? You could do that. You could do that. I mean, if you hate someone so bad that you can't pray for their salvation, then I really think you need to check your hate button. I think it's a little bit out of whack. So God says to pray for kings and all of those that are in authority. And that's not something he just said once. That whole concept is repeated again in Romans chapter 13 and, first, and in 1 Peter chapter 2. Well, why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. That's why. That's why. I'm all for living a quiet and peaceable life, aren't you? You know, the older I get, the more quiet I like. And anybody with, a, with any sense wants a quiet and peaceable life. In all godliness and honesty... Well, honestly and honesty and godliness lend toward a quiet and peaceable life. So I, I think it behooves us, if we've ever thought of it before, more than ever, to pray for our elected officials. You know, if the House and the Senate flip, all right, I know I promised I wasn't going to get too much into the politics and stuff. But seriously, think about it. If the House and the Senate flip, Every conservative decision they make is going to be basically under full bore attack. You know, the news media is going to, news media is going to be relentless. They're, they'll not quit. They'll not give up. They're going to manufacture all kinds of fake news, and you can count on that. Do you know why? Do you know why they don't like the term fake news? Do you know why? Because they're the ones that invented it, and then it boomeranged on them. It was the Democrats and the liberals that invested, invented the term fake news. But then Donald Trump came along and turned that around on them, and they're just beside themselves with it now. So I would recommend that we would spend some serious time in praying for those that are in authority because our country is in a lot of trouble. Our country is in a lot of trouble, and we need good people to be in authority. Those people that are in authority... Their responsibility is to do the best job that they can do in protecting America. Our responsibility as Christians is to pray for them. It's a two-way street. 
It's a two-way street. Okay, verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. So it's a good thing. It's a right thing. So if it's a good thing and a right thing, let's do it, right? Let's pray for those. You know, we have a tendency, and we all do, every one of us. You do, I do, we all do. You know, after the elections are over to say, okay, wow, that's done. Let's go on. But we can't go on without doing what God told us to do. So pray for these folks. Pray for them. Now, now, here's a little addendum that you're going to find in verse 4. God kind of throws in there, which is really very Armenian in theology. Uh, Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth? So I guess God really wasn't a Calvinist, right? So it's, it's not just a select few. God is interested in everyone, everyone getting saved. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't that what the book says? An interesting side note here. In, in the original Greek, do you see that word all in that verse? In the original Greek, do you know what that word means? It means all. <laughs> it means all. So who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're a Cambodian or Vietnamese or Indonesian or a Mexican or African or whatever. God's interested in all men being saved. Now, when the Lord uses the, the, the word men generally in the term, the Bible is a reference to all of mankind, okay, all people. Uh, since that's the heartbeat of God, don't you think that that ought to be our heartbeat as well? To be interested in all men? We need to be interested in all men, all mankind. The Lord Jesus Christ told us to go out into all the world. All the world starts with those in your direct sphere of influence. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, that's where it all starts. That's where it starts, and that's a good thing. Okay? Uh, Verse 5. Man, I just realized I'm flying through this, right? (laughs) Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You need to memorize that verse. You need to know where it is. You need to point that verse out to people. See, a lot of our Roman Catholic friends need to be confronted with that particular verse. There's one mediator between God and men, not two, and it isn't Mary. Amen? There's one mediator between God and men, and if you wonder who it is, the man Christ Jesus, that's who it is. A mediator is very simply a go-between. A mediator is a go-between, an an arbiter of someone who, uh, uh, um, somebody who reconciles two parties that have a difference. That's what a mediator is. The Bible says we have differences with God. It's our natural state. So we need someone to reconcile, to mediate, you know, patch that thing up because we're alienated from God and from the commonwealth of Israel. We need someone to bring us back to God. And that person that God had appointed, has appointed, is Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. When you're sick, 
Who do you call? Do you call the doctor or the doctor's mother? Amen? You call the doctor, right? Now, who's the great physician? It's Jesus Christ. You know, and look, you, you don't have to be like me. All right? You don't have to use this like a club and beat them over the head with. Just show it to them. Okay? Just show it to them. It's so self-explanatory that anybody can get it if they want to get it. And if people argue with you over a passage that's that simple, honestly, it's because they don't want to get it. I mean, no one can be that stupid that they can't get. They can get it if they want to get it. But sometimes they don't want to. But the Word of God will stand on its own legs. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Sometimes the most distressing thing you can do is show somebody Scripture. Say, uh, well, what do you think that means? You know, then watch them fumble around a little bit. I mean, I know the Bible irritates people. It does. You don't, have to, you don't even have to preach it. Just expose them to it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll get to folks. You know, you need to depend on your weapon. Don't depend on your logic. Don't depend on the philosophies of the world. Depend on your weapon. And here's a great, great, great weapon right here. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Let me just get a little water here. Get a water break. Sorry. So Jesus Christ paid the price. He ransomed us. He ransomed us out of sin, out of hell, and out of the consequences of our sin to be testified in due time. Well, in due time, it became more obvious through the salvation of many people. Uh, verse 7, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and, a, and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. So Paul asserts his own authority here for the statements that he's making. He said, I'm an apostle. In other places, he talks about where he got that apostolic mantle, if you please. He said, I'm a preacher. I teach the truth in Christ, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. You know, I could say that I, I could say everything in that verse about myself, except I'm not an apostle. There's no such thing as an apostle today. The apostles are dead and gone. There is no such thing as an apostle today. You know, a guy gets on TV and he calls himself an apostle. I can show you from the Bible that he can't be one. Because there are three, three prerequisites for an apostle. And there isn't a man alive today that can fit any of those prerequisites. One of those prerequisites is, do you know what it is? Do you know what one of those prerequisites are? Well, one of them is that he had to be a witness of the resurrected Christ. Well, think about it. That's not possible anymore. The apostles are dead and gone. But there are preachers that are teachers of the Gentiles. Now, verse 8. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, 
All right, good. So all he's doing here now is he's just kind of circling the wagons on what he said in the first couple of verses. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, some people are kind of under the misguided impression that if you pray and you, know, you lift up your hands, I'm actually doing that as I'm saying it, so I know you can't see it, but uh, if you lift up your hands, it makes you more spiritual. Well, you know what? Honestly, I don't care what your physical position is when you pray, and I don't think God does either. So what's that talking about, holy hands? Well, he's talking about clean lives. So if you want to pray with your hands up in the air, hey, go for it. You know, you want to pray on your knees, go for it. You want to pray while you're ironing, go for it. You know, I, I can show you all kinds of positions people who are in physically in the Bible. Nehemiah was praying while he had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. You know, there have been a lot of prayers uttered on the battlefield, right? A lot of prayers come out of foxholes and trenches and tanks and who knows where else. A lot of prayers. Does that mean that God didn't hear them because they, they were out of position or something? Of course not. What he's talking about here is living a clean life, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Without wrath, don't blame God for your circumstances. Don't blame God for your circumstances. All right, so we're going to take a short break here, folks, and when we come back, we'll continue on with our study of 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll be back in just about three minutes. God is our refuge, God is our strength. So we will not be afraid. 
Hey folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. We're studying 1 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, we're going to get moving on here. We just finished talking about, uh, where were we? We were in verse number, talking about holy hands without wrath and doubting. So, you know, um, don't blame God for your circumstances was the last thing we said. Uh, now we're going to get into uh, the part that uh, some folks are just going to kind of stumble all over. I mean, you probably won't. Like I've told you before, you guys are an exceptional crowd, so uh, so I really hope you don't. But some people do, and they're going to stumble all over themselves over the next several verses. But but keep in mind, when you're uh, when you're ready to run this preacher out and stone me, you know I didn't write this. Okay, are you with me? I didn't write this. God wrote it. I'm just the messenger, so don't get mad at the messenger. Okay. All right. Let's uh, pick it up in verse number nine. Uh, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Now, you could get off the track with either one of these two verses. You could very easily. And I've seen people go crazy in both directions with those verses. I had a lady say to a, a pastor once, um, I think Paul was a woman hater. And he said, why do you think so? And she said, well, because of the things that he said about women. Well, what did he say? Uh, and she, of course, she didn't know exactly. You know. And the pastor said, um, well, do you know where he said whatever it was that you think he said? And she said that she didn't know. So basically what she was doing was she was just really parroting what she heard somebody else say. You know, I think Paul was a woman hater. So uh, so our pastor said, uh, well, you're probably talking about 1 Timothy chapter 2 or 1 Corinthians 11 or 1 Peter chapter 3. You're probably talking about those passages, even though you don't know what they say. But but uh, do you know what Ephesians chapter 5 says? So no, of course you didn't know. So before you come to any conclusions, you need to consider what the whole book says. Okay? You got to consider the whole book. Now Paul's addressing the women and he says this, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Notice he didn't say wear, you know, w e a r, wear. He said adorn. Now that's why the Bible gets really important when it comes to words, all right? Words mean things. And if you chase that thing down in 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter essentially says the same thing. Let's look at that really quickly. 1 Peter chapter 3. Go over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Who's adorning, I'm sorry, verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. So if you make adorn wear, then Peter is saying you shouldn't wear any clothes, right? I mean, obviously he didn't mean that. What he's talking about is this. He's talking about drawing unnecessary attention to yourself. The key word here is modest apparel, modest apparel. One time after church, some of us went out to a local restaurant to get some lunch, and a group from another church came in. Uh, they were one of those offbeat, Pentecostal, Jesus-only groups. 
And all that means is that they didn't believe in the Godhead. They had a lot of other ideas, but uh, and and one of them was that the ladies, um, well, it was forbidden for the ladies to wear pants. Okay, uh, they had to wear dresses, which, you know, whatever. You know, people do what they want to do. I don't. I don't really care. But it was wild in a way because uh, every one of the women in that group wore a dress that was two sizes too small, and it looked like they were poured into them. You know what I mean? Uh, there, there wasn't a pair of pants anywhere to be seen, but you know, bless God, they were in their dress. Uh, they also did a lot of other things to draw a lot of attention to themselves more than the average person walking in the door. So you really couldn't help, you know, your eyes just kind of went that way, and it was like, oh, okay. So on on the other side of the spectrum, there are people that profess to be extremely conservative. And that's what you would call the uh, the camp meeting crowd, you know. And it drives me nuts. Have you ever seen that crowd? And I'm going to confess to you that I've never been to one of those Christian camps. Uh, honestly, I haven't. But I know several people who have gone over the years. Now, mind you, I've been saved for 23 years, so it's been a, been a while, you know. And I've seen one or two things. Um, it's it's kind of like with the camp meeting crowd. It's almost like there's an unspoken camp meeting, you know, costume for the ladies. You know, and usually it's an ankle-length denim skirt, you know, and it's always denim for some reason uh, with the ankle socks and sneakers. That, that's that's the camp meeting crowd, <laughs> right? And then um, on each side there seems to be an effort uh, to draw attention to themselves. Amen? You, you see what I'm saying? So that's why Paul is cautioning against, you know, uh, you know, don't go overboard one way or the other. Don't overdress. Don't underdress. One second. Sorry, had to sneeze. Uh, so don't go overboard. Don't overdress. Don't un- don't underdress. Uh, and it, it's just just don't do it. <laughs> In one of the study Bibles I use, um, the Common Man's Reference Bible, uh, great great study Bible. I would highly recommend getting it if you can. Great study Bible. Um, it's up there with, uh, with Dr. Ruckman's study Bible. Great Bible. Uh, the Common Man's Reference Bible, there's a note under that particular verse, and it says, Modest apparel does not call attention to the body. Proper attire directs the attention to an honest, meek, and quiet face, a natural blush, a feminine bashfulness, and a submissive spirit are great qualities for a young lady. So there's a balance. There's a balance. A false balance is an abomination unto the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. He said not to adorn yourself with this stuff. You can wear it, but just don't adorn yourself with it. You know, you look at some people today and they've got more hardware in their face than they, than they do in the store. That's adorning. You know, there are some people that believe that ladies shouldn't wear any makeup. Now, I'm not one of those people. All right? I believe that any old house needs a coat of paint once in a while. So I don't have a problem with that. I know you're saying he did not just say that. Yeah, I did. And I know it's going to get me in trouble. So, uh, But the idea is that uh, it's just that godly women don't dress and adorn themselves in such a way that they're purposely trying to draw attention to themselves. It's hard to be a testimony for Jesus Christ when all the attention is on you. The attention ought to be on him. 
So it gets worse. Okay, it gets worse. It goes from bad to worse. First uh, Timothy chapter two verse eleven. First Timothy chapter two verse eleven. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, for those of you that hate verse eleven, verse twelve qualifies it. Do you know what Paul is talking about here? He's, what he's saying here is, is the ladies shouldn't be teaching the men. That's what he's talking about. And there are several reasons from the Bible why we believe that women are not called to be preachers. All this has to do with the headship and the headship principles that we need to understand. So he elaborates. Verse 13, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Okay, so here's the deal. He says this. When Satan approached Eve, Satan was capable of and did deceive her. In other words, she believed the lie. The lie was, if you partake of the forbidden fruit, you'll become as gods, knowing good and evil. It'll be wonderful. It'll be great. But Adam wasn't deceived. You said he wasn't? He partook of the fruit. Well, of course he did. Adam came to a crossroads. And he came to the crossroads of choice. It was either that he was going to obey God or stay with his wife. He picked his wife. That's what he picked. You say that's bad, bad, bad. Yeah, but there's a great picture here. And the picture is, that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. That's exactly what he did for us. Well, what do you mean? In effect, Adam died for his wife. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So Adam partook of the fruit. And his spirit within him died. He died that day. Jesus Christ died for his bride. He died to take our sin upon himself and become a ransom for us. So there's a great picture that's being illustrated in that story. It's a great picture. Okay, so verse 11 again. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, does that mean that a woman can't have a testimony in church? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Does it mean that a woman can't teach children? No, it does not mean that at all. I'll tell you this much, folks. Generally speaking, there are probably, there are probably some, some exceptions to this, but women are far, far better at teaching children than men are. If I had to teach fourth grade girls... And I think I'd just slip my wrists. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. I had not a clue. I don't know how anything could be worse. You know, I don't know, maybe teaching high school girls. I, I don't know. Uh, what the Lord is doing is trying to set the ladies up in such a way that they can be used to the maximum potential. Now, America is so fouled up. I know, here he goes again. America is so fouled up, I, I honestly, I don't know how people think anymore. I, I just don't know how they think. 
I had gone to the mall a couple of weeks ago for you know, just a couple of little things. And while I was walking around, a young lady was walking toward me. And she had on these really tight pants. And honestly, from her thigh to her knee, they were literally ripped to shreds. Ripped to shreds. And I, I know you can buy them that way. And, and unfortunately, I think I missed a business opportunity there You know when this thing started. But I looked at that and I was thinking, what in the world is that all about? What's the statement that's being made? Well, the statement is this. It's, look at me. That's the statement. Look at me. That's where America has gravitated to. You know, look at me. Look at me. Well, if they're looking at you, then they're not looking at Jesus Christ. Our aim, our ambition, our goal, our desire ought to be to somehow modulate our lives, our behaviors, and our appearance so that folks might have an opportunity to see Jesus Christ. You know, not some crazy, you know, nut job thing going on. You know, some somebody said once, you know, sometimes you might be the only Bible that someone gets an opportunity to read. Think about it. So Adam wasn't deceived. Adam went into the sin with his eyes wide open. Now, this is talking about headship, okay? In the Bible, Jesus Christ has headship over the body, that is, over the church. So in other words, he's the boss, amen? He's the boss, the headship of Christ. Then there's the headship of the pastor over the flock, over in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Anything needs a head. And without it, it becomes a freak. Then there's the man's headship over the woman. And this is where that one lady I told you about earlier had a problem. She didn't want any man under any set of circumstances telling her what to do. So the question came up of whether she was married. We, we knew she was. And the pastor said, you know, given a real adverse circumstance, would you expect your husband to protect you? She And she was, well, yes. So in other words, the pastor says to her, he goes, in other words, you resent his authority, but you want him to protect you. Somehow I'm having trouble connecting the dots here. Are you with me? You follow me? How can you resent his, his authority and then say that he has an obligation to protect you? When you assess everything that Paul said about men and women relationships, you realize God puts a heavier responsibility on the man than he does the woman. Look with me over in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. All right, here he goes on one of his bandwagons again. Poor old Paul, the woman hater. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Okay? And that's, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, don't you? Ladies, if your husband is anything close to what he ought to be, he ought to be an authority in your life, but he's also an umbrella of protection in your life. He needs to be that. But here's the real killer. 
Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and what? Gave himself for it. Now, do you know who bears the greater burden and responsibility? It's not the woman. It's the man. The Lord says, you love your wife like Jesus loved you. Oh, man, are you kidding me? That's pretty tough duty. Amen? That's tough duty. But that's what the Lord says. He says, you love her like I loved you. Well, Lord, you love me enough to die for me. Yeah, just like Adam loved Eve enough to die for her. Gentlemen, if you love your wife like Jesus loved you, she probably won't have too much of a problem with your authority if you'll love her that much. Just love her. And ladies, ladies, you have a recourse. Don't argue. Pray. Amen? Don't argue. Pray. That's your resource. All right, we're going to take our last break here, and then we'll come back and conclude 1 Timothy chapter 2. We'll be right back. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. 
Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. And welcome back, folks, to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. We're studying 1 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, we're going to be getting into uh, verse 15 in just a moment. Uh, so let's head over to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, let's conclude our study for tonight. This is a great verse, by the way, great verse, because it makes so much sense in the light of human psychology. All right, sec, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. Notwithstanding she, 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 the woman, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in the faith, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now, a lot of people make that say what it doesn't say. For whatever reason, they want to make it say what it doesn't. The Lord uses the word saved in a lot more context than talking about the salvation of the soul. There are other things that can be saved besides your soul. There's other things that need to be saved besides your soul. He said the woman can be saved in childbearing. Well, saved from what? Well, that's what first, verse 14 is all about. What's the antecedent? Deception. The woman, by her nature, because God created her this way, on purpose, is more subject to being swayed by her emotions. Generally, a man will operate on the basis of logic, generally. Now, that's just the way God made us, so, you know, don't get upset with the Lord about it. That's the way he made you. It's just the way the Lord made us. Do you know what the Lord uses to temper those emotions and, and help a woman not to be deceived? Raising children. Because your kids will try to deceive you. You follow? Kids will try to deceive you. It's a woman out here, and she's you know, getting a daily dose of this all the time. You know, you hear, you hear a, a lamp break down in the basement. You go down there, and what happens? You know, I, I try to tell my dad a time or two, you know, everybody's doing it, which, first of all, was a lie. Uh, maybe a few were doing it, but not everybody. And I don't care what everybody's doing. I'm your father, not theirs. Now, you see, my mom... My mom was a little bit of a softer target. So I figured out if I wanted to get away with something, you know, don't ask dad, you ask mom. 
my chances of getting what I want improved by at least 30%. So if I ask mom, if I pad the thing exactly right, I could bring a legal case before mom. Dad was more like the sheriff. He didn't want to hear it. After a while, mom got smarter and she kept getting wiser. And you know what she would end up saying to me? And that really would get me. I don't think your dad would like that. Well, leave him out of this. <laughs> okay. So a woman is saved. A woman is saved. Has nothing to do with her soul. Nothing to do with salvation. She's saved from deception by raising a bunch of depraved, deceitful little buggers. And they all have that DNA. You know why? Because they got it from you. That's why. That's exactly why. You know, this world has suggested that uh, it's less than de a desirable occupation for a woman to stay home and, you know, keep a house and raise kids. Don't you find that? They're constantly being pushed to seek a career and, you know, and all this stuff and all that stuff. And that's not entirely bad. I mean, Proverbs 31 talks about a woman that's very industrious. You know, she's an entrepreneur and the Lord seems to endorse that. You know, that's okay. In spite of all that, I don't think there's anything more noble than raising kids. There's just nothing better than that. And, and I know that we men, honestly, are not well equipped to do that. You know, we can muddle through, but it's muddling, isn't it? Women are just much better equipped to do that. And the Lord knows that. And what he's done is give her a certain veil of protection against deception in the framework of childbearing and raising kids. The Lord really doesn't, the, I mean, the Lord really does know what he's talking about, doesn't he? You know, the worst words that I heard in my life was when the principal said, I'm calling your father. You know, please no, I'll do anything. You know, the old adage is that you were in trouble at school, you were in trouble at home. Well, unfortunately, it's not that way anymore. Tragically, uh, America has gone the victimization route, and everybody's a victim. A little kid at school, he's a victim. Everybody's a victim. A victim. Uh, until we until we can elevate our minds and our thoughts beyond the victim status and realize that every human being, according to the Bible, is responsible for his own actions and their own behavior, every single one, every single one, everybody's a victim. Let me conclude with that thought because something just kind of crossed my mind. You know, go go with me over to I'm I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants right now. Okay, go over to Second Chronicles. Okay, do I really want to do this? Uh, yeah. Okay, Second Chronicles twenty five. Second Chronicles twenty five and verse one. Let me get there. Second Chronicles twenty five. My computer's really slow at the moment. Second Chronicles twenty five and verse one. Amaziah was 20 and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and nine years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. You know, it's possible to do all the right things, but still have a twisted heart. This guy, he did all the right things without a perfect heart. Look at verse three. Now it came to pass when the kingdom was established to him that he slew his servants that had killed the king his father. But he slew not their children, but did as, did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, 
where the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. Now that's a quote that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 24, and I think it's verse 16. Uh, so this is the second time that this thing appears in the Bible. And do you know what it's teaching? Quite simply, everybody is responsible for his own behavior. Everybody. I don't think there's a parent alive, if there's any kind of parent at all, that doesn't backtrack in their mind and wish that they did this or they did that or the other things. Listen, there, I can think of plenty of things that I wish I had done different. I really do. I, I, as, as a father, as a parent, I know I made a lot of mistakes. I was too harsh in certain situations. I was too lax in other situations. And I, I sincerely wish that I could go back and, and, and done those things different. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have children with the wisdom of 60 and, and the energy of 25? I think that would be great. It would be great, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So we're all inclined to make what we consider mistakes, and sometimes we do make mistakes. But the Lord says this to you. Remember, every person is responsible for themselves. And that's indicated in this verse. Every person is ultimately responsible for themselves. So I can, I can only accept and assume so much responsibility for anyone else, be it my children or, 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 or be it somebody in church. Or, I, I can only accept so much responsibility because ultimately it's back on them as an individual. And if it wasn't, we'd be robots. So you're responsible for you and the next guy is responsible for him. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure why I went down this trail, but, but I think, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Folks, thank you so much for being here live with us today. Uh, what a real blessing it's been to do these uh, live broadcasts with you. Uh, I'm really happy to see the numbers going up. It's, it's really great. And folks, um, just remember... Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, leave a five-star review wherever you're, wherever you're able. It keeps the algorithm going. It keeps us up on the charts so folks can find us. Don't forget to contribute and help the ministry expand and reach more. And Lord willing, I'll see you back here Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And until we get together again, folks, may God bless you. And have a great rest of the week. And you guys take care of yourselves. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day. Well, that's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.